Mark chapter 10, we'll look, we'll start reading verse number um, 46. Had this title today, I once was blind, but now I see. I talked to some of the girls up here in the choir, they, they, were, they, were, they didn't know if I was serious or not, uh, about, I was going to get everybody up and we're going to sing that song that we sing in Vacation Bible School. Brother John knows it, right? I once was blind, but now I see. His banner over me is love. I told the girls, I'm going to get y'all up here, we're all going to lead it, we're going to have y'all do it, right? And Nikki's like, yeah, let's do it. All the rest are like, are you serious? <laughs> Appreciate Nikki's attitude, amen. <laughs> she was ready to go. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about this miracle, uh, about that thing that, that God can do the impossible, can't he? And we're going to talk about this, this miracle of the blind being made uh, to see. So let's all stand. Let's read uh, this passage together here. We'll read uh, verses 46 through the end of the chapter, and then we'll have a word of prayer and you'll be seated. And let's just pray that God will help us understand these truths today from His Word. Look at verse 46. It says, And they came to Jericho. Well, let's read verse 45. Let's back up to verse 45 since this is the theme verse, I guess you'd say, of the book of Mark. So let's, let's start there. This is where Jesus was speaking to His disciples. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many. Verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as He went out, of Jericho with the disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry aloud and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried, unto the, more, uh, cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying, unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. So with the Lord's help today, we're going to preach on this subject of I once was blind, but now I see. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for, uh, that you are a God of the impossible. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you can uh, raise the lame, raise the dead. Lord, you can, you can cause the deaf to hear. And Lord, in this passage, you showed us you can even uh, cause the blind to see. And Lord, more importantly than that, uh, you can save a lost sinner. Uh, like me, Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you help us as we preach this morning. Lord, I pray that you guard our tongues and our thoughts. And Lord, just help us to be a blessing to your people. That's what we want. We ask God that if there are any here, Lord, um, that are blind to the gospel, that have not received uh, salvation. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that they would realize that Jesus is coming by. And Lord, that Jesus wants to save them. And Lord, I pray that they respond to your gospel message this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You are... You may be seated. So we come to this story here about this blind man. And, uh, you know, eyes are not something uh, that you want to mess around with, right? Uh, I just recently had LASIK surgery last year. I've been over a year now, and, and it's amazing what, you know, that, that can do. Uh, I was running the other morning, and I was uh, on my treadmill, and usually I have some sports show that I've DVR'd or something like that, and I watch it, but... I was out of them, and so I didn't have anything, and so I'm just flipping through stations, 
And I come across this station. Um, it was some comedy thing, and y- y'all, some of y'all probably would know it and watch. I, I, I never watched it, uh, but it was um, this guy and wife that that, and he's he's a, like a UPS driver guy. Anyway, he's he's the funny guy, and um, for her birthday, he was going to get LASIK surgery for her because she wanted to be able to see really good. And so they go, and they go to this, this, this surgeon, and it looks a little shady, you know, and all this stuff. And, uh, and, and there's this one, you know, weird-looking person over here, and the doctor comes, doesn't know what he's doing, all this kind of thing. And, and so but the story is, is, is each morning she would wake up, and they would take the little bandages off her eyes, and she's supposed to be able to see 2020 and clear, you know. And each morning she'd wake up, and she could not see, and she wasn't clear, and uh, and he's trying to make excuse for it, you know, all this kind of thing. And she's like, where did you hear about this doctor? You know, where did you hear about this surgeon? She's all upset. And she's like, well, the coupon in the mail said, and <laughs> the eyesight's not something you want to mess around with like that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, the, the doctor I chose, I was very careful. I had a good, uh, a good reference, you know, referral and all. And, but, but the crazy thing is when I went to get my eyes done, one of the things that he did warn me is I was going in there and I was about to have my surgery done. He says, now look, I'm going to caution you. For a few seconds, you're going to be blind. Don't let it scare you. It's going to come back. So as I opened my eyes after he had done that, all that, and, and I went blind for a few, like 30 seconds, I couldn't see a thing. It was a very scary feeling. Your eyes are not something that you want to mess around with. We take it so for granted. Um, Jericho, we're, we're here it says, and they came to Jericho, and, and, and this blind man was there, and, and Jericho was known, uh, there, there was a special balsam bush there in Jericho uh, that, that was used for treating blindness. And so you would see a lot of people come uh, to, to Jericho that were blind to try and get some relief, to try and get some healing. And so uh, this, this man we find here was one of those people that had come. So there's a, there's a rather large population of blind people there in Jericho. And it's also a nice city as far as the weather and that kind of thing. And so people would come there that were blind. And so we come and Jesus is walking through the city. He's coming out there and, and we find this blind Bartimaeus. And so we're going to go and look at the condition the first thing we're going to look at is the condition of Bartimaeus. It says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, uh, with a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, set by the highway side begging. So we see this man named Bartimaeus, and we see his condition. A couple things about his condition. The first thing we see about his condition is this was a blind man. He couldn't see a thing. I, I know we take it so for granted, but, but this blind man, he, he would have to have somebody to guide him everywhere he went. He, he, he couldn't see where to go. Uh, this blind man, he couldn't see the sunrise. He couldn't see the sunset. Uh, he couldn't see the beauty of the ocean. He couldn't see the beauty of the mountains. Uh, I know some of y'all just came back from vacation. We had vacation this week, spring break or whatever, and, and some saw the beauty of the mountain, and some went and saw the beauty of, of the ocean. And, and this man could see none of that. This, this city was known as the, the Jericho is known as the city of palms because of the beautiful palm trees. Can you imagine waking up each morning and not being able to see the beautiful palm trees? He could see nothing. He was totally, completely blind. He couldn't look out the window and see the bird. He was blind. Uh, he had no... He lived in darkness every day. Can you imagine that? And as he woke up each morning, 
He'd already tried the, 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 the salve on the eyes. He's already tried the other things. He had been to all the doctors, but his condition was he was still blind. He was living in darkness and had no hope of cure. Can you imagine? That's what the, his condition was. But not only was he blind, look at this. It says that blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, he sat by the highway side begging. So he was blind, but he was a beggar. This man was poor. Uh, he, he didn't have anyone to, uh, to care for him. He didn't have a family that he lived with that took care of him. He didn't have a wife. Uh, you know, I, I thought about Brother um, Kurt LeBeau that was here the other day and, and preached, did a wonderful job. He preached with his Braille Bible. Did y'all, did y'all remember that? And he came and he sang. But he has a wife that, 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 that cares for him, meticulously cares for him, makes sure he's dressed. and all the, He always looks wonderful. I mean, could you imagine the things that she could do to him if she wanted to? But anyway... <laughs> she didn't have no idea what kind of tie he was wearing. You know? <laughs> It'd be awful. But she takes wonderful care of him, right? She does. She takes wonderful care of him. Um, but this man had nobody to care for him. Uh, he had no way of providing for himself. They didn't exactly have the welfare system, and some of those things are good that we have today, and, and providing and helping for him. Uh, he, he had nowhere, he didn't know where he was going to get his next meal. He didn't know how he was going to put a roof over his head. He didn't know where his next dollar would come from. He sat by the highway side begging. He was poor. He lived, he lived in poverty. And he had no hope of that changing because his eyes, his eyes weren't going to change. And how is he ever going to get a job? How is he ever going to provide for himself? Because he was blind and he was a beggar. That's the condition that we find here of, of Bartimaeus. Can you imagine how his day might go? He'd wake up in the morning. I don't know how he woke up. It wasn't because of the light. Maybe somebody woke him up. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the noise he heard. I don't, maybe it's the way he said. I don't know. But he would wake up, and he'd have to have somebody to guide him, to lead him to a place by the roadside. He's like, put me by, put me by a place where a lot of people are going to walk by. And he'd go out there. And I don't know if he had a sign. I don't know if he, what he did. But he would, he would, he would beg, for, beg each day. That's what he did. That was his life. That was his condition continually. He was blind, and all he, had, all he could do was beg. That was his condition. He lived in poverty. He lived in darkness. But let me tell you something. We are spiritually blind and spiritually poor. I want you to catch this truth now. This is important. Uh, look, look at blind, uh, how we're blind. Look at Ephesians with me. Look at Ephesians with me. We're going to look at some verses here. In Ephesians chapter 2, look, go to Ephesians chapter 4, but in Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says that we are born dead uh, we, we have no sight, we have no, no way of knowing uh, spiritually what we, what, we, what we need to see. We don't see things. We are born blind. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18, look at 4.18. It says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. Hey, look, we live in a world full of lost people that are blind. Just like Bartimaeus sitting beside the, the roadside there, people we go by each and every day, they are blind to the truth of the gospel. They are spiritually blind. Hey, why are they spiritually blind? Look at John with me. Look at John chapter 3. Look at verse number 19. It says, and this is the condemnation, John 3, 19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. What is light? What light is that talking about? Jesus is speaking here. He's speaking of himself. He is the light that has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light 
neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Let me tell you something. You know why men are blind? It's because they've rejected the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the light that has come into this world. Hey, we are, the, we, we are around people every day that are rejecting. They choose, men choose to go in blindness. Not only do men choose blindness, look at first, our 2 Corinthians chapter 4 with me. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. So men are, men are born blind. They choose blindness. They, they choose to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do men choose to reject the gospel? It's because they want their own way, don't they? They want, they, want, they, they want their own stuff. They want their own sin. They want their own pleasure. And because of that, they choose blindness. But notice this in, in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe. Hey, whenever men start to, to choosing darkness, choosing blindness, Satan comes along and he adds to their blindness, he adds his own blindness. And so Satan has got this world deceived, it's all around us. Satan is working and, and, and you know, we... Sometimes we don't take this stuff seriously. You know, we'll watch our little movie, we'll watch this stuff, and we'll laugh at it and all this stuff. But do you know that Satan is trying to blind you? And we talked about it in our lesson this morning. Brother Darrell taught in my class, did a wonderful job. And we were talking about, talking about how these false teachers, these people come in and they try and blind us. And that's what the devil is doing. Look, your friends and your family that are lost, the devil's out there trying to blind them. The God of this world, that's what he's doing. And we need to be aware of these things. Hey, we don't need to take these things lightly. We're in a spiritual warfare and the devil's out there blinding people. So we see that that, that men choose blindness. We, they're born blind. They choose blindness. And then the devil comes along and blinds them. But let me show you something else. Look at um, uh, Romans chapter 1. Turn over to Romans chapter 1 with me. Talks about this. Isaiah talked about this in Isaiah chapter 6. He talks about how uh, he's going to preach, but, but, but God would blind the minds, or blind the eyes, uh, lest they should hear unless they should see and be converted. And so what, look, at, look at Romans chapter 1 verse 21. It says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. What did they do? Hey, they saw the creation. It talks about that in verse number 20. They saw the creation. They knew there was a God. They rejected Him. Neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. The Bible goes on to say a little bit later that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Do you know what God does? God judges with blindness. Hey, you continue to reject God, and you continue to reject God, and God will judge you. Look at me. Pay attention, please. Listen. Some of you, some of you in here have rejected God time and time again. Listen to me. God doesn't always have to present himself to you. God can judge you. You need to be careful with that. You've got some friends and some family that you know that continually reject God. You know what you need to pray for? You need to pray for mercy. Hey, you need to pray that God won't judge them because God sends hardness. God sends judgment. That's the reason that we have the mess that we have today. Hey, you know what? I, I mean, we have people that, that don't understand if they're male or female. We have people that are that are that are uh, attracted to the to the to the wrong sex, the same sex, and, and and wanting to have marriages in that. Hey, we have 
We have people that believe it's okay. Believe it's okay for a woman, for her rights, to choose to kill their baby even after it's been born. How do we get to it? What's going on? It's blindness. They, you know, they, they reject God. They, they get confused in their minds. And next thing you know, you have this, this mess that we're in. So we see this blindness uh, that's here. We see that we're born blind. We see that men choose blindness. We see that, that Satan blinds. And then we see even God sends blindness for judgment. But is there anything good? Is there any good news here? John 1, 9. That the light has come into the world. Hey, look at, look at John 8, chapter 8, verse 12 with me. Jesus speaking here. He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Hey, is there hope for this spiritually dark world? It's in Jesus, the light of the world. Hey, is there hope for those, that friend or family member? Is there hope for that person that's caught in, 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 in homosexuality? Is there hope for that person that you think is beyond hope? Yes, there is. It's in Jesus, the light of the world. That, that, that 2 Corinthians, I love 2 Corinthians chapter 4 where we just were. Verse 4, he says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest, what, lest what? Lest, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus, the light of the world, has come, and there can be awakening from that spiritual darkness, that spiritual blindness. But not only was he blind, but also he was poor. He was a beggar. And we are spiritually poor. Look at Romans chapter 3 with me. <clears throat> Look at Romans chapter 3. Look at verse number 10. We have seven points. We're on point one. We're only going to get to about three or four, okay? Just we'll preach the rest of the night. Look at, look at verse 10. As is written, notice what it says. There is none righteous, no, not one. What do we have to give to God? <laughs> We're poor. We got nothing. We're beggars. Look, look keep going. There is none that understand. There is none that seeketh after God. That speaks about that blindness right there, doesn't it? They are all gone out of the way. They're lost. They don't know where they're going. They are together become what? Unprofitable. For there is none that doeth good. No, uh, no not one. Hey, look, we are, we are spiritual. We are poor. In, in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, it says that all of our righteousness, everything we have to give to God is like filthy rags. We have nothing to give to Him. We are spiritually poor. Hey, not only are we poor, we're in debt. You know, any of y'all in that place. We're not only poor, we're, we owe something. We don't, we don't just have nothing, we owe something. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Hey, look, we have a payment to pay that we cannot pay. And, 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 and we have no way of getting any hope of, 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 of gaining that. We can do nothing good of our own. But let me show you a wonderful verse. Can I show you a wonderful verse? Look at, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I love this verse. It's beautiful. Verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's about, it's about to explain it to us right here. That though he was rich, he had everything. What did he do? 
Yet for your sakes, he became poor. That what? That ye through his poverty might be rich. (laughs) We were poor and had nothing. Jesus was rich and had everything. He became poor so that we can have all the riches in Christ Jesus. Isn't it wonderful to know that we we were blind, but the light came. We were poor, but Jesus came and gave us all the riches in him. Hey, we, we no longer have to pay that sin debt for, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but what? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He paid it for you. He became sin for us who knew no sin, the Bible says. We don't have to be blind. We don't have to be poor. We don't have to be a beggar because we can have Jesus, and that's what we need. You know the sad thing about it, though? Revelation, I, I wasn't going to turn there, but let's turn there. Look at Revelation chapter 3. And I think this speaks of, of many that are living today, many in churches today. Look at verse 17. I think this is the condition of a lot of people. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Isn't that what most people think? I don't need anything. I got, I got, this, I got this under control. I, I got it handled. I think it was good to know Bartimaeus knew he didn't have it handled. We'll see that in a minute. I have need of nothing. And knowest not. That thou art wretched and miserable. What does it say? And poor and blind and naked. Hey, look, if you're here today and you're counting on your goodness, your, your, your strength, your whatever, let me tell you something. You have nothing you can give God. If you're, if you're dependent on some religious experience or some work that you might do, hey, it's never going to measure up. But Jesus came, He died, He took our place. Hey, Jesus came. He was the light. He wants to open your eyes. And so you can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be this Revelation 3.17 crowd. Don't be that crowd that, that doesn't know they need it. Realize today that you need Jesus. You need Jesus. So that's the condition of Bartimaeus. Let's notice the second thing. Turn back to your text there in um, Mark chapter 10. Look at verse number 47. The second thing we're going to see is the cry of desperation. So we saw the condition of Bartimaeus. Let's see the cry of desperation. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So I want you to catch this picture. Jesus is coming out of Jericho. He's walking. And the Bible says that there was a great number that came with him. And so we're going to see this this beggar, and we're going to see his cry of hope. It was a cry of hope. And as he came out, uh, of, of the city there. There's a great multitude with him. And, and this beggar's on the, uh, on the side. He can't see anything. He doesn't know what, you know, he wouldn't know Jesus would look like anyway. He can't see. He's blind. And, but he hears something. You know, he hears a commotion. And, and, and I imagine Bartimaeus over there, and he starts asking the crowd, what's, what's going on? You know, he's, he's used to a few people coming by, and, and he'll ask for some money. And, and, and all of a sudden, he hears a big crowd. And, you know, he's like, what's happening here? And somebody says, it's, it's, it's that Jesus of Nazareth. And all of a sudden, there's hope. He says, when he heard that Jesus was coming by, he says, hey, you know what? I think I've heard. I, I think I've heard about this Jesus before. You know, I, I heard somebody say, I heard somebody say that, that, that he calls a deaf man to hear one time. That's what I heard. Hey, I heard, I heard that he even raised the dead. You know, I heard he walked on the water. You know, I, I, I heard he's made the lame to walk. You know, they, they brought a man in a, on, a, on a thing in there, and, and they brought it down from the ceiling, and, and next thing you know, he's walking. You remember, I remember I heard that. 
me tell you what else I heard. I don't know if you heard this, but let me tell you what else I heard. I heard that he calls the blind to see. I'm blind. Maybe I can see. He heard it. And all of a sudden, remember what we said about him? He had no hope, did he? He had already tried everything. He tried all the doctors. He tried everything else. But now he said, I hear Jesus is coming. And you know what? I have hope. It was a cry of hope. Hey, but not only was it a cry of hope, it was a cry of desperation. Notice what it says. It says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. That cry out there. It, it, it's a word that, that doesn't just, just speak of he was, he was hollering, but it's a cry of desperation. It's, 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 it's almost a hysterical kind of cry. It, it, it's used of a woman in childbirth. How many of you women know that you weren't caring what anybody thought at that moment, right? I'm crying out. I don't care what you think. You know, I, don't, it, it, I ain't ever been there, but that's what I hear. Uh, <laughs> I don't ever plan to be there. All right. But anyway... It's the cry of like that. They say it's also the cry that they use of insane people. They don't know what to do. They're just crying out. They, there's no care for what anybody else around them thinks. It was the cry that Jesus made when he was on the cross is the same word there, to cry out. The cry of desperation. I think this man, this Bartimaeus, I think he realized this might be the only, only chance I have. I don't know, listen, I don't know if Jesus is coming back this way again or not. And we find out he was headed to the cross. He's not coming back there anymore. And you know what Bartimaeus is doing? He, he doesn't care what anybody thinks. He doesn't care how undignified he looks. He doesn't care what everybody else around him says. I need Jesus to help me. You know, that's what we need in our life. We need some desperation for Jesus, don't we? Hey, we don't realize. He realized who Jesus was. That crowd around him might not, most of them probably didn't even realize who Jesus was. He knew who Jesus was. He knew he was blind. He knew Jesus could help him. And he didn't care what anybody around him thought. You know, sometimes we're too dignified, aren't we? Man, I'm the worst. I'll be honest with you, I'm the worst. Sometimes we're too reserved. You know, we care too much about what other people think. This man on the side of the road, he was desperate for Jesus. And some of us need to get desperate for Jesus, don't we? Hey, I think that keeps a lot of people back from salvation. It does. Because they're scared of what somebody might think or what's going to happen. Well, let me tell you something. Listen to me. Listen to me. When you realize what Jesus can do for you, you'll stop caring about all that. Because you're dying on your way to hell. You have no hope of anything. You, hey, hey, don't worry about what everybody else thinks. Be like this blind man. Be, be desperate for Jesus. Cry out for Him. He will save you. Don't worry about the crowd. Don't worry about what they'll say. Don't worry about your reservation and your dignity, man. That stuff ain't going to matter in eternity, is it? Boy, I sure would rather be sitting in heaven and be a little undignified one day than to be sitting in hell and, 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 and go there prim and proper, you know what I'm saying? We need to cry out. He cried out. It was a cry of hope, a cry of desperation. But notice this, the last thing in this, this verse, it was a cry for mercy. Notice what he said. He says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. 
You know what he did? Look at what it says. It says, thou son of David. He recognized who Jesus was. Hey, the whole crowd should have seen it because in Isaiah it predicted this guy's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make the blind see, he's going to make the deaf hear, he's going to make the lame walk. And, and that was Jesus. And he did all of that. Hey, when, when, when John came to him and, and, and sent his disciples and said, Lord, uh, is, are you the one or should I look for another? What did he say to him? He quoted Isaiah and said, hey, are all these things happening? Yes, they are. And so they should have all seen it. But he recognized who Jesus was. Um, you know, that, that he may have been physically blind, but spiritually he saw a lot, didn't he? He saw who Jesus was. And before a person can truly be saved, listen to me, before a person can truly be saved, they must realize who Jesus is. Look, this, this thing about salvation is not some prayer that we pray. It's not some formula, you know, that's what we think. We're going to go down the Romans road. No, it's not that. It's getting to Jesus, you know. Hey, it's not some religious act that I do. It's not going to church. It's not taking the Lord's Supper. It's not a baptism thing. It's getting to Jesus. That is what we need. We need salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is, salvation is in a person. It's not an event. It's not a program. It's a person. It's in Jesus. That's why in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, the disciples were speaking and they said, Neither is there salvation in in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Acts 16.31, when they asked, What must I do to be saved? He says, Believe what? Not on the Romans road, not on this program of prayer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, that is important. He, he cried out for mercy. He realized that this was the Messiah. This is who I need to cry out to. It was Jesus. But notice the next thing. He, he said, Son of David, but he said, have mercy on me. He recognized who Jesus was, but he recognized who he was. He said, have mercy on me. And listen, it's not by merit. It's not anything that he could do. He realized that. He was blind. He was begging. He had nothing to give Jesus. And he came to him and said, Lord, I got nothing for you, but have mercy on me. We're going to do a comparison, if we get to it uh, tonight, of, of him and the rich young ruler in, in this very same chapter. But he came to him thinking, I got, I've got something. Hey, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got my righteousness. I've got something. But what did this beggar do? Lord, I got nothing. Have mercy on me. <laughs> and that's where we got to get to. We got to get to a place where we say, Lord, I, I got nothing. Have mercy on me. Hey, God, I can't work for it. I can't do anything. I'm blind. I'm a beggar. Lord, you're, you're the Messiah. Have mercy on me. You know, everyone wants their rights nowadays, don't they? I mean, isn't that the truth? Everybody's got their rights. We've got the women's rights. The reason we have this abortion issue. Listen, that's, that's, that, that is straight from the pit of hell. That's, that's murder. It's not a woman's right to kill their child. It's ridiculous. I won't get on that. We have civil rights. Every group, every color, everything has civil rights, right? We all have our civil rights. Um, we have children's rights. You know, it's ridiculous. No, I don't want to get too far into that because that can get us in the weeds. We don't want to get in the weeds, right? But it's ridiculous how some of these children run the families and stuff like that. Listen to me. God set up an order of things. Anyway, children's rights, and they ought to have rights. I'm not, I'm, these rights are good. I'm not saying all these rights are bad. They have gay rights and the, those things. We know that's not of God. Everybody wants their rights. We even have animal rights today. I mean, it's ridiculous that animals have more rights than unborn children, but, you know. Let me tell you something. You have no right to heaven. You have no right to Jesus. 
You have no right to salvation. But we have mercy. We have mercy. He says, hey, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then thirdly, let's look at this one more point and we'll, we'll, we'll finish the rest tonight. Look at verse 48. So he, he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. It says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. So we see the chastisement of the crowd. So what happened? He starts yelling out. And what happened? We see the crowd rebukes him. <laughs> the crowd starts to rebuke him. Look at it. It says, it says and, they, and many, many, the crowd charged him. That word charged him. It's strong language. It means to rebuke sharply, to rebuff. And so basically they're telling him, hey, shut up, be quiet, silence. You know, there, there's silence in him as he's walking along. Can't you imagine, Barnabas? Hey, Lord, he's acting a little crazy. I will, will agree. He just said that, right? He cried. He's acting a little crazy. But he's, he's yelling, Lord, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd turns to him and says, hey, you, you be quiet, silent. Be, shh. You know, that, that crowd, no doubt, listen, that crowd was physically better off than him. They're walking with Jesus. They can see for themselves, right? They're physically, they're probably better off than him. Economically, they're probably better off. They probably aren't begging by the street, apparently. They're walking with Jesus. Hey, socially, they probably have a better level or seating or whatever socially than him. But what they didn't care about him. Hey, they, they didn't care. They didn't want to be bothered with him. They just want him to stay over to the side and be quiet. Don't bother Jesus. Jesus is too important. Leave him alone. That's what the, car, the crowd was rebuking. Can we be the same way sometimes? How many of us in that crowd would have done the same thing? Shh, Jesus is coming. He's important. You're a blind beggar. Be quiet. Makes me think about when some of the people try to bring the, the children to Jesus. Remember that? What did the disciples do? Hey, he ain't got time for them. Jesus said, hey, bid them to come to me. Makes me think of the story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 10. Remember that? With, 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 with the, and it was on that same road, wasn't it? It was on the same road. The guy was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Remember the story? And, and, and somebody came along and beat him up and all of those things. And, and the priest and the Levite came by. And what did they do? Walked on the other side. Hey, how many of us are the same? How many of us have, have, have said, well, that, that person, there's no hope for them? You know, this guy, he was blind. He tried everything. There's no hope for him. Let's just, you know, Jesus, keep going. This is a waste of our time. I hope our church never gets there. we got vacation Bible school coming up. We're going to have some snotty, smelly, probably dirty little kids running around here. They might mess our pews up, might mess our carpet up. They will. I'll get mad about it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> this tree will even be more mad, right? But, man, I don't want to be one of those rebuking the blind beggar on the side of the road. I want to welcome them. I want to be one of those that brings them to Jesus. I want to be one of those that helps them get the spiritual healing, the, 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 the sight, the, the see the light. I, I want to see one of those that takes them from being that poor beggar to being rich in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be part of that crowd, do you? And we're the exact same way when we, when we walk by sinners crying every day. Hey, when we know we ought to give that track out and we don't, we're part of that crowd rebuking. We're part of that crowd rebuffing. We're not giving Jesus to them. 
This, this, this hit home with me. Did it hit home with you? Hey, we need to be bringing people to Jesus. So we need to be encouraging people to come to Jesus, not telling them to be silent. Hey, the, those in the prison, those that are in addiction, those that, are, the, those that, are, the, hey, that we feel there's no hope of. Hey, we get so mad. So we, get, we live in such a, a polarized world, like politically. I think we get in this political uh, uh, sphere, and, and it's like we're against them, and they're against us, and we're enemies. And, but what we need to be doing is taking these blind people and bringing them to Jesus. That's what we need. These that are committing abortion, you know what they need? They need Jesus, man. They need Jesus in their life. Hey, you know what these that are, that are caught in homosexuality and, and transgenderism and, and all of these things, you know what they need? They don't need us putting some silly meme on our Facebook post. They need us giving them Jesus. That's what they need. So we see that the crowd rebuked. But what was the beggar's response? I love this. What was the beggar's response? It says, look at, look at verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried out the more a great deal. He's, he cried out a more. <laughs> you know what? He's like, look, Jesus might not be coming this way again. I understand what you're saying. I know I'm a nuisance. I don't care. I want to get to Jesus. That's what I want. Hey, listen to me. If you're here tonight or this morning and, 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 and you're afraid somebody might want to turn you away or something, that ain't happening here. Let me just tell you that, all right? I'll tell you that right now. That ain't happening here. But even if it were, you ought to break through the crowd and get up here and, and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because look, going from blindness to sin was worth it for Bartimaeus, you know? He said, look, I don't care what you say, crowd. Jesus, thou son of Nazareth, have mercy on me. I'm saying it again. Here it is. It doesn't matter what happens or who tries to silence you. We need to be steadfast, persistent in getting to Jesus. Hey, may I say it, in, it, it for us saved people too in this. The crowd is going to try and silence us today, isn't it? This world is trying to silence us, but we don't need to... Hey, he was persistent in his cry here, his dedication in getting it. But notice he was also consistent in his doctrine, wasn't he? What is he saying the first time? Jesus, that son of now. He, he knew who Jesus was. What is he saying the second time? He's saying the same thing. This crowd around us is trying to get us to change our doctrine today, aren't they? They're trying to get us to change our stance, to mellow out, to say, no, look, if it's in the Bible, it's God's word, I'm staying with it. I want to keep shouting the same thing every time, you know what I'm saying? And so we need to stay dedicated, but we also need to stay with our doctrine and continue to shout the same thing, to cry out for the Lord Hey, there might be a blind beggar that depends on it. There might be somebody else that depends on it. So listen, today, if you're in spiritual darkness, Jesus wants you to come to the light. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna, let's, let's read on. We'll just read these next verses so, so we can see what happened with the end of the story. And we'll, we'll preach on it tonight. He says, Thou, Son of David, have mercy on me, verse 48. And Jesus stood still. Man, I want to talk about that. We ain't got time. We'll talk about it tonight. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Can you see the blind man standing in front of Jesus? What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus saith unto him, Listen to these words, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. If you're here this morning, and you're blind, you're a beggar. Maybe you realize that today. Well, let me tell you, there's a Savior that's waiting on you. He'll give you mercy. 
Hey, he'll, 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 he'll open your eyes. He'll make you rich in Jesus if you come to him. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our musicians are coming. Dear Lord, we thank you for this message. God, we thank you for the truths of it. Lord, we know that we're all, at one time, we were all spiritually blind, spiritual beggars. But God, we know that many here trusted you as their Savior. Lord, I pray that if there's any here that have not, Lord, I pray that they would do that today. And Lord, I pray that you would place upon our heart that person that we know that's in spiritual darkness. Lord, that person we know that is, that is blind, that is a beggar. Lord, that person we feel like there's no hope for. God, we've almost even given up on them. But God, we know that Jesus can come by their way. And Lord, we know that Jesus can save them. And Lord, we pray that you would just open their hearts, open their minds, open their eyes, Lord, so they may see.